Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Closing out 2016 here on CannabisRadio.com. It's been a hell of a year in marijuana, I tell you. Being able to legalize in four more states and go four for five on uh, on uh, legalization. We missed out on Arizona. We'll get you Arizona. And then four for four on medical marijuana. That was a fantastic thing as well. Uh, it, it almost makes the, the rest of the election... Uh, uh, no, it doesn't. It's <laughs> just, oh my God. But, uh, you know, we got to look at the bright side. And, uh, at least in marijuana, it was a banner year. It was a great year. Uh, it was a nice little oasis, little island of goodness here in 2016. And, uh, we had some great studies and great, uh, stories that came out in 2016. We've covered some of them this week. And I want to close out this year. With uh, some writing from Paul Armentano out at Alternet.org, something he published yesterday entitled 10 Scientific Studies from 2016 Showing Marijuana is Safe and Effective. All right. So we have the disclaimer. While no psychoactive substance is completely harmless, modern science continues to prove that cannabis is one of the safer and more effective therapeutic agents available. Here's a look back at some of the most significant marijuana-centric studies published over the past year. Number one. Pot use doesn't adversely impact IQ. The cumulative use of cannabis by adolescents has no ill effect on intelligence. According to longitudinal data published in January in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, investigators evaluated intellectual performance in two longitudinal cohorts of adolescent twins. Participants were assessed for intelligence at ages 9, prior, pri 9 to 12, prior to any marijuana exposure, and again at ages 17 to 20. They concluded, quote, in the largest longitudinal examination of marijuana use and IQ change, we find little evidence to suggest that adolescent marijuana use has a direct effect on intellectual decline. End quote. Number two. Cannabis consumption is correlated with lower BMI. Those who use marijuana on average possess a lower body mass index or BMI than those who abstain from the herb. So reported researchers at the University of Miami, Miami this past July in the Journal of Mental Health Policy and Economics. Investigators assessed the relationships between marijuana use and body mass index over time in a nationally representative sampling of American adolescents. They concluded, quote, Daily female marijuana users have a BMI that is approximately 3.1% lower than that of non-users whereas daily male users have a BMI that is approximately 2.7% lower than that of non-users, end quote. Lower BMI is associated with less risk of heart disease and other potential adverse health issues. 
Number three. Fewer traffic fatalities occur in medical cannabis states. The passage of medical marijuana legalization is associated with reduced traffic fatalities among younger drivers, according to data published this month in the American Journal of Public Health. Investigators from Columbia University assessed the relationship between medical cannabis access and motor vehicle accidents over a nearly three-decade period, 1985 to 2014. They reported, quote, On average, medical marijuana law states had lower traffic fatality rates than non-medical marijuana law states. Medical marijuana laws are associated with reductions in traffic fatalities, particularly pronounced among those aged 25 to 44 years. It is possible that this is related to lower alcohol-impaired driving behavior in medical marijuana law states, end quote. Number four. Pot patients spend less on prescription drugs. Patients who reside in states where medical cannabis is legal spend less money overall on conventional medications, so determined University of Georgia scientists in July. Researchers assessed the relationship between medical marijuana legalization laws and physicians' prescribing patterns in 17 states over a three-year period, 2010 to 2013. Specifically, researchers assessed patients' consumption of and spending on prescription drugs approved under Medicare Part D in nine domains, anxiety, depression, glaucoma, nausea, pain, psychosis, seizures, sleep disorders, and spasticity. Authors reported that prescription drug use fell significantly in seven of the nine domains assessed, and they estimated that nationwide legalization would result in a savings of more than $468 million in annual drug spending. Number five. Pot users are no more likely than abstainers to access health care services. Cannabis consumers are not a drain on the healthcare system. Researchers at the University of Wisconsin assessed the relationship between marijuana use and healthcare utilization in a nationally representative sample of U.S. adults aged 18 to 59 years old. Their findings appeared in October in the European Journal of Internal Medicine. They determined that pot users, including habitual consumers, were no more likely than non-users to admit, admit it to the hospital or to access outpatient health care services. Researchers concluded, quote, Contrary to popular belief, marijuana use is not associated with increased health care utilization, and there is also no association between health care utilization and frequency of marijuana use, end quote. Number six. Marijuana use history associated with better in-hospital survival rates. Patients who test positive for cannabis are less likely to die while hospitalized, according to data published online in November in the journal Cancer Medicine. A team of researchers from the University of North Colorado, Colorado State University, and the University of Alabama assessed the relationship between marijuana use and health outcomes among a nationwide sample of 3.9 million hospitalized patients. Researchers reported a correlation between a patient's history of cannabis use and survival rates, particularly among those admitted for cancer treatment. They concluded, quote, odds of in-hospital mortality were significantly reduced among marijuana users compared with non-users in all hospitalized patients as well as cancer patients, end quote. Number seven. 
more seniors are turning to cannabis. More seniors are becoming stoners. According to population data published in November in the journal Addiction, marijuana use by those age 50 and older has spiked significantly since 2006. Specifically, authors reported that the prevalence of past year cannabis has risen approximately 60% for those aged 50 to 64 and increased 250% for those over 65 years of age. It's understandable why. Older Americans are well aware of the multitude of severe side effects often associated with conventional medication, whereas cannabis is recognized to possess no risk of fatal overdose and is associated with far fewer significant adverse events. Number eight. Maternal marijuana use risks likely have been overstated. The moderate use of cannabis during pregnancy is not an independent risk factor for adverse neonatal outcomes such as low birth weight, according to a literature review published in October in the journal Obstetrics and Gynecology. Investigators at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis reviewed outcomes from more than two dozen relevant case control studies published between 1982 and 2015. They reported that the maternal use of tobacco, not marijuana, is likely responsible for adverse events such as preterm births or children born at a weight below normal for their gestational age. The data do not imply that marijuana use during pregnancy should be encouraged or condoned. The lack of a significant association with adverse neonatal outcomes suggests that attention should be focused on aiding pregnant women with cessation of substances known to have adverse effects on the pregnancy, such as tobacco. Number nine. Unlike drinking booze, smoking pot decreases aggression. (laughs) It's long been presumed that consuming alcohol increases users' feelings of aggression, while cannabis exposure does just the opposite. Data published in July in the journal Psychopharmacology confirms it. Investigators from Maastricht University in the Netherlands and Frankfurt University in Germany evaluated subjects' response to aggressive stimuli following exposure to alcohol, cannabis, or placebo. Predictably, researchers reported that alcohol and cannabis intoxication resulted in disparate responses among participants. They concluded, quote, The results in the study support the hypothesis that acute alcohol intoxication increases feelings of aggression and that accused cannabis intoxication reduces feelings of aggression following aggression exposure, end quote. (laughs) And number 10. Fewer teens are abusing pot in the era of legalization. Fewer adolescents are consuming cannabis. Among those who do, fewer are engaging in problematic use of the plant, according to data published in July in the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. Investigators at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis evaluated government survey data regarding adolescents' drug use habits during the years 2002 to 2013. Researchers reported that the percentage of respondents who said that they had used cannabis over the past year fell by 10% during the study period. The number of adolescents reporting marijuana-related problems, such as engaging in habitual use of the plant, declined by 24% from 2002 to 2013. The study's findings are consistent with previous evaluations reporting decreased marijuana use and abuse by young people over the past decade and a half, a period of time during which numerous states have liberalized their cannabis policies. There you go. That's uh, the 10 
Science Studies of 2016 showing marijuana is safe and effective. You can find that at alternate.org. Encourage you to get out there and to uh, share it on Facebook and Twitter. Pass that around. Paula Montana gives you the real scoop on this stuff, and there's great links in there to all the supporting data as well. Check it out, alternate.org. Ten scientific studies from 2016 showing marijuana is safe and effective. All right, we'll be back to Kiss 2016 goodbye when we return. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today and this week and this month and this year and the past four years and even the four years before that. It's been my honor and pleasure to be talking to you every day that I can as we continue this battle to restore our hemp heritage return our cognitive liberty to stop locking people up over a plant to to stop even punishing them or discriminating against them or treating them as second-class citizens over it uh it's a it's a long and protracted battle we're going to have to fight uh living out here in the legalized west is great but we still have a lot of battles to fight you know we could still be discriminated against in our jobs uh, for just being pot smokers. We can still lose our kids. We still don't have our Second Amendment rights. That's important to a lot of people out West. There's still a lot of battles to fight, and that's not to dismiss the big battles to fight in places, you know, out uh, in the South and the Midwest where people still go to jail for long periods of time and still have their lives disrupted and their places raided and lives turned upside down over their just mere possession, much less growing of marijuana, but it's something I'm um, dedicated to reporting on something I'm dedicated to experiencing and hearing from you and hearing from the people that I visit all across this country, hoping next year to uh, be able to spread that to uh, Europe as well. Uh, The international cannabis business conference happens in April and I've got to raise the funds to fly out there, uh, trying to get some sponsors put together or enough donations put together. You can donate if you want. It's uh, Russ at RadicalRuss.com on PayPal. And thanks to the people that have donated so far. And uh, and know that I no way live the uh, uh, live the high life, man. I'm just a coach. <laughs> I'll take whatever two-stop long layover sleep in the airport flight I can get and <laughs> sleep in an Airbnb closet, man. It doesn't matter to me, man, but uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot going across uh, the country and now looking to expand into another continent. That'll be a lot of fun and hopefully a, a lot of value to you too, to kind of 
get a feeling for what's going on all across this uh, this planet when it comes to this fight. This is a global war that we are fighting here. And remember, it's not a war on drugs so much as it's a war between drugs and a war on people that use drugs. The wrong ones. The wrong people using the wrong drugs. <laughs> but we're winning it. I don't want to be uh, uh, Debbie Downer for 2017. Happy New Year to everyone. And those of you that have the optimistic outlook that marijuana can't be stopped at this point, I hope you're right, and I'm hoping for that. That's the outcome I want to see happen. If I get a little gloomy, maybe it's uh, my habits, maybe it's my history. (laughs) I'll try not to be so gloomy. Anyway, thanks, everybody. That's all we got for this year. I'm Radical Russ, live from Delta 9 Studios in beautiful Eagle Potland, Oregon. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. Penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. And didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Welcome back, everyone, for this uh, special Radical Rant happening in the hour two. And it's the final rant of the year. Uh, before we get to it, I want to thank all of you who make this possible. It's uh, a dream come true to be able to do what I do, and I enjoy doing it every day. So some days I enjoy it more than others, I'll be honest. But <laughs> depends on the day. It's like any job, right? You all have those same kind of deals. Anyway, um, in the news today, I reported on two stories of two legislatures up there in the Northeast, Maine and Massachusetts, two of the states that have just passed marijuana legalization and how both of them are asking for or, or, or actually moving, you know, passing bills to delay the implementation of marijuana legalization. Situation in Massachusetts, Governor Charlie Baker there signed a bill. That's going to delay by six months, you know, six month delay on the opening of pot shops. We're going to open They were slated to open January 2018, but this would delay them to like summer of 2018. And they say, oh, we want to thoroughly prepare. We want to make sure everything we've covered all the bases, make sure everything's under control. Well, folks, uh, this isn't the first state to legalize marijuana. I mean, it's been done. Hell, here in Oregon, we went from 
legal to sales in three months. Granted, we passed a bill to let the medical dispensaries sell. You've got medical dispensaries there in Massachusetts. You could do the same thing. But no, we've got to thoroughly prepare. All right. So they did this in like a, a informal session. No public debate. No hearings. It's one of them things where like two or three, four or five lawmakers are there. You know, empty hall kind of thing. You know, really sneaky BS on a, you know. Uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, you know, <laughs> nobody's yeah, just awful kind of thing. You get, you know, how many million, 1.4 million, how many million voted in Massachusetts to make marijuana legal? It was like a 53.7, I think it got uh, in the vote. Uh, and then you can have three or four or five, you know, however many it was, handful of these legislators just, uh, no, no, we need to push it out farther. All right. So that's what's going on there in Maine. In Maine, you got the 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 no on uh, question. Was it four out there? No question. One in Maine. Question four in Massachusetts. Uh, They're saying let's have a moratorium. Let's put a delay on the implementation. Of course, the implementation they're talking about is always the commerce part. Right. It's always the commerce part. So. They approved legalization. It was a close one. This one's like 50 point something, 50.2%, really low. Like within 4,000 votes, they passed it in in Maine. These opponents have been dragging out this uh, recount, costing the state money, and then they dropped that finally when it was clear statistically they weren't going to get anywhere. So this group, they're called Mainers Protecting Our Youth and Communities. Oh, yes. We've got to protect our youth and communities by stopping the opening of adults-only stores that check IDs that sell only to adults cannabis. Let's make sure they don't open. Meanwhile, it becomes legal for adults to grow and consume cannabis and possess it, but they'll have nowhere to buy it. So they will go to the underground market sources to get it. And that's how we're going to protect our youth and communities by creating an entirely new legal class of consumers and protect the couriers of the illegal contraband or the legal marijuana, but not legal to sell, wink. They just don't get it, do they? They don't understand. Maine has legalized two and a half ounces. We're not talking the rest of the country where this is a one ounce thing. Maine just voted for the legalization of two and a half ounces and the cultivation of six mature plants, 12 immature plants and unlimited seedlings. So you don't want to have a legal place for people to buy weed, huh? And yet everybody can grow those huge amounts. Oh man. It's the same plea I made to the Eastern Oregon legislators. All you do when you stop the opening of the pot shops, especially once you've got possession and home cultivation legalization, is just hand the most wonderful gift to the local pot dealers and the illicit pot growers. Oh, thank you. Thank you for a bunch of legal customers and legalizing my couriers. That's awesome. That could could you please keep the pot shops from opening and, and competing with us? That would be great. 
<laughs> so uh, Governor LePage, of course, he is dragging his feet as well. He says it may not be legal to legalize. Gov, look, look west, man. <laughs> There's four states that already did that, you know, years ago. And seems to be working, seems to be legal. Um, this guy, of course, he's a real tool, but uh, it goes into effect. Okay, so legalization in Maine goes into effect after LePage issues his proclamation of the results. And so he's going to drag his feet on that because <laughs> he says, I don't know if I can legally do it. They might try to impeach me. I might get impeached <laughs> for legalizing weed. Sure. Okay. In Maine. Right. Of all the things that LePage could get impeached for, I don't think legalizing weed is going to be on the top of the prosecutor's list. <sighs> but uh, the... Of course, everybody's saying this is a stalling tactic, and, and guess what? They're saying, when would, it, uh, when would we have pot shops? Well, it would be summer of 2018. Funny. That's odd how both Maine and Massachusetts are wanting to, a delay to summer of 2018. It makes one think that perhaps they think running out the clock somehow helps their cause. I got to thinking about it. All right, so like... Trump administration goes into effect starting January 2017. We got a new Congress, right? Then you got your uh, 2018 January. You got all these guys running for midterms. Then, of course, summer of 2018. Is is there something politically I'm missing? Is there a political date, appropriations bill that I'm missing? I don't know. Midterm elections. I I'm trying to find a connection, but something just just raises my radar when I get this, you know, Massachusetts and Maine both pushing, hey, no, 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 let's put out the summer. And of course, I, I get people that think I'm, you know, a little too paranoid about what's coming in with Attorney General Sessions, should he get confirmed, and, you know, the rest of the administration picks of Trump, and that there's no way they're going to go after marijuana, and I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> I sure hope, I, you know, I'd hate to be right. <laughs> I'd be gladly, gladly be wrong here. I just think, man, we've had it so good for so long that ah, there's just bound to be a pendulum swing back. I mean, maybe I'm like, you know, and maybe this is generational. Maybe I've got younger listeners, younger readers who think I'm just, you know, the raving old man or something. But maybe there's something to it where like, you know, you've been abused. You've been hit so long that now you just flinch, you know, all the time. You just, you get that abuse survivor syndrome, post-traumatic stress going on. Maybe there's an element of that to it, right? Where, you know, those of us who grew up in the eighties, <laughs> like, man, we can remember some bad stories about, you know, getting caught with weed and people that, you know, had to do time for it. And, uh, people that, you know, came up in the 90s, in the early years of medical marijuana and the raids that happened back then. And like, oh, I, I always I, I hope we're past that. A lot of people, you know, will bring up that we're at a tipping point. We've reached a tipping point that now it's legalized in California. We're past the tipping point. It's billion dollar industries, billion dollar industries. I remember Popular Mechanics had a big article in the 30s. Hemp, the billion dollar crop. Be a billion dollar industry. You'll make everything out of hemp. Billion dollar crop. Didn't happen. I, it, the opposite happened. And and maybe that's it. Maybe I'm too much a student of history. And and you know I've talked to guys who were in, 
you know, the marijuana movement, you know, the founder of the marijuana movement, Keith Strop and I, hanging out at his pad, man, drinking white wine and smoking real fat doobies. And him talking about the, the, the zeitgeist, if I can use a big word, zeitgeist in, 20, in, the, in the 1970s, mid-70s. They're getting, you know, hearings and they're having the president call for decriminalization and marijuana popularity had tripled in just like four or five years. Gone from like 12% to 36% and just like whoo, shooting up. And they were all like, oh, it's going to be legal by 1978, 79 tops, right? So, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe I've, I'm biased because I've uh, studied the history of these things. And I always think that there's social movements, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. There's always a pushback. And man, I, I, I see this as a big pushback. This, you know, administration that's coming in. Trump and the Congress and the cabinet he's selecting and who's going to have appointed. And now... On the list of the big problems that will be out there, you know, <laughs> new, new nuclear arms race, global climate change. I admit the marijuana issue may be <laughs> of less severity. Uh, you know, I always like to try to keep things in perspective. But I wonder, I just wonder this, is this Maine and Massachusetts delay meant to, you know, forestall it ever happening, right? To, to wait, it. It, is that how long it would take an injunction to get through? Maybe that's the 18 month need rather than 12 months. I don't know to, to get, uh, you know, I, to have some federal interference that prevents the, the, the opening of these, uh, marijuana shops. I just get the feeling they want to delay, delay, delay because they're thinking, you know, it's like when you're, you know, at the, at the end of a game you're losing and you're calling timeouts to try to preserve the clock. That's, they're just trying to keep prohibition as long as they can for some hope, some Hail Mary, something that maybe they know that we don't. I don't know. I just question it. That's all. I, I, I'd hate to see it that marijuana becomes limited to just being legal out here in the West in one form, you know, like it's been with medical marijuana. No, medical marijuana in the West is a different thing than medical marijuana in the East. In the West, it's, you know, your own plant, holistic, grow your own medicine kind of thing, people helping each other kind of thing. Out East, it's far more, far more of the, uh, you know, uh, non-smokable dispensary only type of uh, marijuana operations. So it's... uh, Something I worry about. All right. There's the uh, sound for some reason. (laughs) Hey, happy new year. (laughs) This is the Russ Belleville show on cannabisradio.com.